This is the strong room where we keep the jewels. Uh, mind your head as you come in, sir. There's always a trifle, though, I'm afraid. Oh, go ahead, Mr. Edwards. Oh, so excited I can hardly wait. Patience, my dear, patience. All in good time. Yes, John. Uh, if you'd be so kind as to permit me to draw back these covers. <laughs> there they are, dear lady. Oh, so beautiful. Crown, all of scepter. Uh, not forgetting the odds and ends, of course. Uh, Signet rings and so on. Well, nothing worth a fortune. Uh, yes, indeed. Mind you, they're not into what they used to be once. Uh, in King John's time, it is so, they formed the most priceless collection in the world. Uh, but then, of course, he went and lost them in the wash. Uh, most careless of them, I must say. During the Civil War, the king had to pawn several of the best pieces to pay his armies. And when that scoundrel Cromwell came to power, he seized most of what was left. So as you can imagine, there wasn't much for our present king. God save his noble soul. I observe you keep them under wire, Mr. Edwards. A necessary precaution, I fear, sir. There are desperate men in this city who would not hesitate to lay hands on these jewels if they were given half a chance. Oh, surely not. Aye, ma'am. You've no notion of the wickedness that exists in London. But surely, even if they were able to steal them, it would be impossible to get them past the gateway and the guards. I can't imagine anyone would be so foolish as to try. If the prize is big enough, sir, there are men who'll try anything. Yes, I suppose that's true. Well, <gasps> hey, hey, what's the matter, my dear? Oh, it's nothing, John. I just feel faint. I think I suppose they're in the small room. Oh, oh I'll be all right. Uh, oh. soul, she, she's fainted. Water. Put some water. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, of course. Uh, there's a couch in the next room. Uh, shall I help you to carry it? No, 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 no. I can manage. Uh, this is when it's easy. That's right. I'll put it down here. What a misfortune. Water, if you please, Mr. Edwards. Yes, yes. You certainly at once. I'll bring my wife and daughter. They know what to do. <laughs> it's all these stuffy new family clothes women are wearing, of course. <laughs> quite absurd. Quite absurd. Not at all, my dear. You're perfect. You should be on the stage. Shh. Here they come. Blood's plan worked well. By the time the parson and his young wife, now happily recovered, left the tower, they were on terms of the warmest friendship, not only with Mr. Talbot Edwards, but with his wife and daughter. So what could be more natural than that four days later the parson should turn up again, this time alone? How pleasant to see you again, my dear sir. And you too, Mr. Edwards. I felt I had to call once more to say how grateful my wife and I are for your kindness of the other day. Not at all, sir. We were glad to do what little we could. Tell me, is that good lady your wife at home? Uh, no, it's no way. She's visiting relatives today. Oh, a pity. My own wife has asked me to bring along this trifling gift for her. Perhaps I can even your charge. A pair of white gloves. <laughs> That's exceedingly kind, I must say. Oh, no small gesture, my dear sir. Nothing more. Uh, let's say no more about it. Mr. Edwards, uh, would you think it amiss of me if I were to uh, broach a rather uh, personal question? <laughs> not at all, sir, not at all. <laughs> I couldn't help noticing the other day the considerable beauty and goodness of your daughter. I suppose you'll be giving serious thought to getting her married soon. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, she reached the age. I trust I don't approach this matter too bluntly, but uh, is she promised to anyone yet? No, sir. Splendid. Let him know we need to proceed. I have a nephew, Mr. Edwards, a worthy young man who's just come of age and has succeeded to a nice landed estate. 
I'm seeking a wife for him, just as you're seeking a husband for your daughter. You go on. Uh, yes, yes, very plainly. And how does the idea appeal to you, sir? Worthy yes, yes. young man, you say? Well, yes, most sober and reliable. And uh, abandoned estate? Quite a considerable one. Uh, in Buckinghamshire, to be precise. Yes, 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 sir. Most interesting, Most interesting indeed. Yes. Of course, I realize you need to meet the lad first and form your own judgment, but... Uh, I dare say that could be arranged. Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. He's coming up to London next week. Would you like me to bring him here one day? I should be very deeply honored, sir. Splendid. Shall we say a week from today? It will be the ninth of May. Probably. And no doubt your wife and daughter will wish to meet him, too. What time of day do you think would suit them better? Soon after breakfast, I imagine. Before they settle down to their household chores. Shall we make it... Uh, Seven o'clock? It's not too early for you? Oh, certainly not. An excellent time. I shall no doubt be two other uncles of his. Uh, we've been his joint guardians, you know. Uh, oh, you leave word at the gateway that we're to be passed through, are we? Oh, yes, yes, of course, my friend. Well, your permission, I'll take my leave until uh, one week from today. had every reason to be pleased with himself, as I'm sure you'll agree. So far, everything had gone exactly as he'd planned. Admittedly, the most dangerous part still lay ahead, and his confederates didn't exactly share his airy optimism when he outlined his proposal to them. But Colonel Blood was too determined a man to let a little quibbling opposition stand in his way. What's the matter with you two? I thought you were men of courage, not chicken hearts. There's a difference between courage and foolhardiness, Tom. Aye, that's right. It's too chancy a scheme for my liking. There's nothing chancy about it. It can't fail, I tell you. But won't the old man be suspicious when we tell him our nephew's been delayed? Why should he be? I tell you, I've got him eating right out of my hand. And how about the guards at the gate? How are we going to get the jewels past them? You can't conceal a crown and an orb and a scepter in your pockets, you know. We'll attend to that when the time comes. And even if we do get them away, how do you propose we shall dispose of them? Where do you imagine we'll find a buyer for stolen crown jewels? I've no intention of seeking one. What are you going to do with them, then? I'm going to hold them as ransom. My estate's an income against the return of the jewels. And that's not going to be easy, either. Who are you going to get to conduct the negotiations? And where are you going to hide the jewels in the meantime? You needn't concern yourselves with that part of it. All I want you to do is to help me get them in the first place. Oh, frankly, I don't like the idea at all. No, and neither do I. A few weeks ago, gentlemen, you protested your friendship towards me. To test your sincerity, I asked whether, if I could submit a practical plan involving no more than a reasonable risk that might ultimately return me my stolen estates, you would be prepared to join me. You've heard my plan. I ask you now, are you my friends or aren't you? Are you with me or not? Well, since you put it that way... Aye, right, Tom, we're with you. Really? Well, then. Let's stop arguing and start arranging your details. Really, you know, one can't help admiring this man, Blood. One can't help feeling that such enterprise, such single-mindedness and dogged determination are entitled to some reward. Anyhow, let's move on a few days to 7 a.m. 
on the 9th of May, 1671, to be exact. And if you think that's an odd hour for such an essentially social call, let me remind you that 17th century London was by no means the effete place it is today. Blood, still dressed as a parson, duly presented himself at the tower with the two other pseudo-uncles, introduced them to the highly flattered Mr. Edwards, and then proceeded to apologize for the non-arrival of the prospective bridegroom. Upon my word, he'd think it was his wedding today, the trouble he's taken with his clothes. I kept warning him he'd be late, but it made no difference. So at last, Mr. Edwards, we decided to come on ahead. There's so much fuss and bother over a few garments. I've never seen you. You're too hard on the boy. You always have been. Nonsense. He'll be here within the hour, and it's only natural he should want to look his best on such an important occasion. I warrant your wife and daughter will be glad of the rest of it to pay more attention to their own dress, eh, Mr. Edwards? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. We need, you know, always fussing around with clothes and fowls. Oh, well, it's no matter. The day's early, yes. Yeah, quite. And in any case, the slight delay may be all to the good. In what way, sir? I've a son, Talbot, who's been fighting in Flanders. I've had word that his regiment has returned, and I'm expecting him home this morning. Indeed. Well, then why are you left in time? Uh, what's that to say, sir? I, I say, I hope you arrive in time. Ah, yes, indeed. <laughs> so do I. A fine young man is my son. You'll like him. Could I get you gentlemen a flagon or something while you're waiting? No, no, we never indulge, do we, cousin? Uh, no, certainly not. Uh, then perhaps we might take a short walk on Tower Hill. I think not, sir. Uh, thank you. No? <laughs> well, then... Uh, if you really feel you must entertain us, Mr. Edwards, uh, though I assure you there's no need, I've been describing to my cousins here the calm jewels. I rather fancy they might like to see them. I most certainly would. Uh, so would I. I'm told they're quite unique. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, strictly speaking, you know, it's outside visiting hours. Oh, but surely, Mr. Edwards. Still, circumstances alter cases, as they say. So I don't see the harm in one little peep. That's <laughs> very kind of you. <laughs> but I'm told, my dear sir. Hey, step this way, gentlemen. Mind your head down the doorway. Is this is the strong room? I see why they call it so. If it shouts for the weekend, you'd never be heard through these walls. The jewels are over here, gentlemen. And the casket's always locked, of course, when it's not on view. Uh, so if you'll just permit me to open it, uh, by all means. <laughs> uh, the key sticks a little sometimes. Ah, here we are. Look at them. Now, right, what? Shut them up, can't you? Do you think anyone heard him? No, of course not. Now, come on, let's get to work. Turn off that wire. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, here, let me help you. That's got it. Uh, the old man's coming too. Oh, I'll soon fix him. You bring him through. I didn't know there was going to be any killing. Oh, he's only wounded. I had to shut him up somehow, didn't I? Richard, you go outside and keep watch in case anyone comes. Keep a special watch for young Edwards. He was one factor we hadn't bargained for, and try to look as casual as you can. If the sun does come, what shall I do? Oh, keep him outside till we got clear. Off you go now. All right. Come on, Parrot. Every second's precious. We never hide these things. They're too big. Give me that crown. I'll see if I can cut it flat. I can manage the wall by right. The foot of the scepter. I have to break it into halves and stuff it down your britches. <laughs> there. Let's fix the crown anyway. I'll be able to get that under my jacket. How are you feeling with that scepter? It's no good. It's too solid. We'll have to fight it then. It'll take too long. Stop arguing. Hold that end while I get to work. Oh, hold it firmly, you fool. 
Hurry, John, hurry. I'm doing the best I can. Who's that? Oh, it's all right. Johnny Richard. What's the delay? It's this cautious shepherd. You'll have to leave it. What do you mean? The someone just crossed the guard. He's coming this way. Young Edward, do you think? Yes. Come on, we must go. But the sector. Never mind about the sector. Come on, Tom. Unless you want his daughter to be caught. Please, Tom, hurry. All right. To pass him on the way out. So remember, walk by quietly and calmly as though nothing were amiss. Don't attempt to hurry or to arouse your suspicion anyway. Oh, you're quite sure you can't see the crown in my jacket? Quite sure. You've got your own part? Indeed, I have. Very well, then. Come on. young Edward on his way to the keeper's house and bade him a civil and casual good morning. He seemed quite unsuspicious. Continuing at a leisurely pace, they passed under the shadow of the gateway and nodded amiably to the guards as they went by. In another minute, they'd have been clear. But by now, Edward had reached the house and suddenly... To lay hands illegally on the crown jewels is treason, my friend. And the penalty for treason is death. That's unless you're prepared to be reasonable, of course. And what do you mean by reasonable? A full and free confession might help you a lot. We should require the names of all your accomplices, of course, including the woman. I've nothing to say. Oh, come, Colonel Blood, you've never been troubled by scruples before. What can you lose? If I make any statement, I shall make it to one person only. Who's that? The king. The king? Really, my dear sir, do you think he'd be bothered with you? Very well, then. I shall say nothing. Now, look here, blood. I've said I shall say nothing. And he stuck to it, too, despite blandishments and threats and promises. Not one word would he utter, except before King Charles. At last, as blood had hoped, the king learned of the prisoner's stubborn behavior. And, as blood also hoped, it made his majesty furious. So... You talk to no one but me, eh? Very well. Why not? Have him brought here, Waller. But your majesty, he's a desperate man. He won't be armed, will he? No, sire, but... And my attendants will be, I presume. So where's the danger? Fetch him, Waller. I'd like to meet this Colonel Blood. Oh, come, fellow, come. 
You'll not deny you tried to steal the crown jewels, will you? It were foolish to deny it, sir. And you don't regard that as an act of infamy? No, sir. Since my object was not to steal, but merely to regain what is rightfully mine. You mean your sequestered estates in Ireland? Yes, Your Majesty. And for the sake of a few acres and a pile of masonry, you were prepared to risk your life. Many men have risked their life for a crown before now, sir. I seem to remember an occasion in which you yourself were involved. At Worcester. <laughs> true, true. The point's well taken. Demi, I like you, blood. You've spirit. They tell me you have stoutly refused to give the names of your accomplices. Yes, sir. They are my friends. That's loyalty. I like that, too. I could wish you were as loyal to your sovereign. But I am, Your I Majesty. I have heard no evidence of it. I could have killed you once, sir. Indeed. Two months ago, you were bathing in the Thames of Battersea. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. I was desperate because of my grievances, determined on revenge. I stood no more than 20 feet from you as you were swimming. I had a loaded pistol. Why didn't you shoot? I couldn't, sire. You were my king. Is that the truth, blood? Could I lie to your majesty? Let me prove my loyalty. Ask anything of me you like. Give me a dagger. Bid me plunge it into my heart. Anything. Would you uh, tell me the names of your accomplices if I ask you? That is not fair, sir. Would you? Yes. But I beg your majesty not to ask me. Have no fear, my friend. I shan't. Why, General Waller, we're being misjudging Colonel Blood. Have him released at once. And the charge against him withdrawn. Really, sir? A charge withdrawn? That's what I said. And those estates that were taken from him in Ireland, I'll see that he gets them back together with their own income. Yes, my lord. Those are my orders, Waller. Yes, sir. How can I thank your majesty enough? Come and see me sometimes at court, and I'll be amply repaid. But uh, give me due warning, won't you? So that I can put away my valuables in safekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> And that, believe it or not, was the end of the story. Thomas Blood became a favorite visitor at court, and for nine years as he walked through the streets of London, people pointed him out with awe as a man who had stolen the crown jewels but suffered no punishment for his crime. Now, whether such audacity is a virtue or not, I don't know, but I do know that for once in this series, I am delighted to report that the criminal got away with it. Well, it's over now, but I'll be back again soon to tell you some more of the secrets of Scotland Yard. Meanwhile, this is Clive Brooks saying goodbye and pleasant dreams. <laughs>